Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. 7-Eleven. Hot food, hot and ready near you. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Yeah, hi everybody. Welcome to Combank Stadium live on this soggy Saturday afternoon crunch time. Brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. Uh, call one 1170 to join us. 0457 736 736 is the text line or you can tweet us at 1170 SEN. I'm Matt White. Welcome to our listeners across the network, including 1170 SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Goldie. And for the very first time, welcome to our listeners on 693 SENQ in Queensland. This is crunch time. You can also download the SEN app and listen to us anytime, anywhere. Alongside me today here at Combank, James Magnuson, fresh off a full week of breakfast radio. And from the Sydney Morning Herald, Adrian Prezenko joining us. So, uh, Adrian, I think we need to make sure that this guy stays awake for the next couple of hours. But he's, he's ready to rumble. He's got his bulldog scarf on. And you are good to go, Maggie. Yeah, living the dream, Matty. I was just waiting for one of these NRL crunch times to line up with the Bulldogs game. And I am feeling very bullish about this game today. Excuse the pun. Uh, I think the Sharks are dining out on some early season success and I'm backing the Bulldogs in for a win. He's backing them in. Well, at the moment, the weather, I mean, we all know what kind of weather's been around and what's coming for the next couple of days right up and down the East Coast. Mm. And it was pouring on the way out here when I was driving out here. Yeah. Now it's, it's stopped. It's like everything's just pressed pause. Eight and a half point start, Maggie. You, you saw it. that. You, you thought it was very tempting indeed, didn't you? Oh, I love it. Eight and a half points. A little bit in disrespectful. Yeah, in wet conditions. I want our text line today to get absolutely blown up by Bulldogs fans. I want every one of our listeners that's a Bulldogs fan to text in today and tell me how much, how confident are you and, and how much do you think we'll win by today against the Sharks? We see a new player for the Bulldogs. I think he's the 830th first grade Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldog in Declan Casey. Tell us a bit about the man who'll be wearing number 19, named in the centres, but more than likely playing on the wing. Yeah, named in the centres, but he'll play in the wing. They'll have Jacob Kiraz in the centres. They've uh, been trying to wool pull us for about a month now, haven't they, Adrian? <laughs> naming Kiraz on the, on, the, on the wing. We've um, fallen for it every time as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll play in the wing. Uh, he's quick. He put a massive shot on Caelan Ponga uh, in the trial games earlier this year. He won't let the team down. A similar sort of style to a Josh Adokar. Um, I'm looking forward to his debut. And Adrian, the other big out for the Bulldogs is their coach, their interim coach. No Mick Potter because of COVID protocols. It's a real shame as well because they've been building something under him. They've got a bit of momentum. They're going for their third straight win. And, um, you know, listening to the opposing coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, in his press conference yesterday, he can certainly empathise having twice been uh, yeah. struck out with COVID. So a bit of a shame. We've got a feeling for the feeling. I think we've got Craig Sandercock and... David Ferner um, holding the chair for the guy holding the chair. We're um, Reese Walsh, Mick Potter, and 
Andrew Voss all at some house party or something this week <laughs> that we don't know about. They're all down with COVID. That was how <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There's some sort of random house party going on. Vossi's given them all COVID and then he's done the runner for a morning breakfast show. <laughs> now, how on earth did you manage to, I mean, this was your life for a long time, getting up early. And, and going to work early, essentially. And that's yeah. what you've been doing last week. We yeah. shared the Brecky Show Monday, we Tuesday. Yep. Had a lot of fun. And then you had Jimmy Smith for the rest of the week. And then you manage, you, you walk straight in and start talking about going to see Top Gun. Yeah. So you've you've done a week Brecky Radio, a week's Brecky Radio, and you've, yeah. you've still managed to punch out a movie last night. Yeah, Burning I had, the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, I had date night last night. So, oh. you know, you've got to keep the flame alive. Um, <laughs> we went and saw Top Gun. For anybody out there that hasn't seen Top Gun, it is an absolute masterpiece. You know, with movies these days, guys, they've started getting like really gritty, sometimes a bit depressing. They're, they're almost too real life. I want to go and just see glitz and glamour. <laughs> yeah. There was so much fake tan and baby oil, baby oil in this movie. <laughs> and you know what? I loved it. Right. I loved it. It was just a good old classic Hollywood feel-good movie. Mm. I left the cinema with a massive smile on my face. Yeah. And I'll go out there on a limb and say it's probably the best movie I've seen in the past three, four years. And this is coming from someone who didn't watch the original as well. Yeah. So I, I was behind the eight ball from the start. And I, I, watched, uh, I watched it. Leading into the um, leading into the movie, just to make sure I had a little bit of a background, um, and I thought this one knocked it out of the park, way better than the original. So you did some you did some Top Gun research before you went and saw the new Top Gun. Yeah, so I was yeah. wondering. Um, so You're a freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how they made it look so realistic in the planes. Yeah. So they've got their, their faces are sort of stuck back when they're doing the stunts and and all that kind of thing in the movie. So what they did was. Tom Cruise actually flew in one of these fighter jets. He was in the cockpit and they filmed him actually copying those G-forces to make it look realistic in the movie. It's right. unbelievable. And, and speaking of faces being pulled tight, Top Gun, uh, the old uh, Tom Cruise is uh, looking pretty good as well. There was <laughs> oh, plenty of shots with him with his shirt off and it was, it was like Magnuson in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> missile style action. <laughs> that's what he was doing. That's what, that's what he was doing. Like, hey, uh, that's what I used to look like if you, yeah. if, you, if you remember back in the day. But that, that shows then... That they must have. So did Tom? Does I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet, Adrian. Yeah, I have seen it. I'd yeah. give that four choc tops as well. It was outstanding. Oh, four out of five choc tops. Yep. Um, so does Tom Cruise's face actually get distorted when he's get when he's got the G forces yeah, on yeah, it, or so has the Botox kicked <laughs> in? Because that's a very fine balance yeah, for someone. Yeah. So what well, are G forces required? <laughs> well, I was discussing it with my girlfriend after the movie. I said, "Geez, Tom Cruise looks unbelievable at mm. sixty years of age." I said, "Do you reckon he's had any work done?" She said, yeah, he would have had a little bit of work done. I said, well, whatever Tom Cruise has done is perfect. Whatever Val Kilmer's done is on the other end of the scale. He's had the tox, but it's blown his head up to twice the size. Right. I know he's had some, some health problems as well. Um, but I came prepared for the show today with a question for you two. Right. If you were a pilot in, uh, in the Navy Air Force, what would your call sign be? Obviously, I'm going to run with missile. It's yes. Pre-made. Oh, so you're, so you, you're just going to go like pre-made. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, I've come with one already. If what's your call sign? So we got Goose, Rooster, Maverick. A couple of the ones in in this one. There was Hangman. Wow. Um, what would you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the next break. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to think me. about it because that's a, a, when you think about it. It's a very unfair question because yours is pre-made. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Adrian and myself don't walk don't walk yeah. around with a title like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Question without notice. Yeah. Were you? 
doing the Channel 10 commentary back 2011, 2010-ish when no. I got given the nickname? No, that was Anthony Hudson. Anthony Hudson. Who, who christened you the missile? Well, it was Hutto because I, I was listening to, to you and Jimmy talk yeah, about it. Was it him that came up with it, though? I'm not sure if he... Because in that yeah. call that you played, Hutto referenced the man they call the missile. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I wasn't sure if he'd given me that nickname earlier in the week or if it was somebody else. I'm disappointed you didn't give it to yourself like you just did a few moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, Matty might remember, they were trying to get the nickname uh, the Anchorman to stick. Yeah. Yes. People have been saying the Anchorman, like a Ron Berg. It was Ron uh, at the time when Ron Burgundy had just Anchorman had just come out, wow. and I was the anchor leg of the relay. Wow! And Always delivered. Yeah, and they're trying to say Anchorman, and then somebody, um, so it must have been at Channel Ten, yeah, because you do, you guys were doing the call. Somebody came out with missile, and it stuck. What was your initial reaction when you heard that? Did you think, yeah, that's that's me. that's not bad? Well, see, I didn't really catch on to it until I came back to Australia. So I was over in Shanghai and uh, there wasn't a, a heap of media over in, in Shanghai. And I got back to Australia, got to the airport and there were cameras everywhere and reporters. I was like, well, things have changed a little bit here. And everyone was saying, missile, missile, missile. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is... Uh, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, there could be worse nicknames. Uh, I've just thought of something though. If you are going to become an aviator and, mm. and you are out there in the war zone, and you use the term missile as your call sign. You're, in a, bit, you're, you're in a bit of strife. You're, you're either dropping them or they're dropping them yeah. on you. Or if, if, I'm, if I'm flying and someone's trying to use it, my call sign, they're going, missile, missile. I'm going, where? <laughs> hey, I tell you who could have a bit of a uh, bit of a target on his back right now. It's got to be Justin Holbrook, hasn't it? I mean, that was a very, very insipid performance against the Knights. 38 points to 12 was the final score. 22 nil, I think it was, at half time, it could have been absolutely anything, the scoreboard. So I think on reflection, when you go back and see that final score, you think, oh, you know, they were there or thereabouts. They were nowhere near it, were they? No. And if, um, if they'd brought their goal-kicking goal shoes as well, it would have been much worse. And listening to Justin Holbrook afterwards, it was a little bit reminiscent of Trent Barrett in the last couple yes, of games where he didn't know that things were going wrong. He didn't know how to fix it. Mm. And it just seemed this vicious cycle. And I think that's where Justin Holbrook's at now. And this is a team that, if we take our minds back just, just over 12 months ago, they were, they were playing semi-final football and were very unlucky to uh, be edged out by the Roosters in their first semi. And they look like morals for the wooden spoon the way they're going at the moment. As far as trying to keep your job, I, I, know, I sensed exactly the same thing, Adrian, yeah. when, when Trent Barrett was saying it week after week. And then it got to the point where he said, I've got no answers. And you go, hang on a second. You've got to have answers, and yep. you've, you've got yep. to work out a way to get answers if you can't find them. And when I heard Justin Holbrook say that after last night, I thought, that's not going to do yourself any favours to try and keep the job. Well, only a few weeks ago, I did a feature about the, uh, <laughs> the cutthroat nature of the coaching yep. um, industry, and, and one of the people that I spoke to was Mal Meninga, and he was saying that the clubs too often pull the trigger and there's got to be some responsibility from everyone within the organisation and not just scapegoating the coach. And now Mal Meninga's in a position where he's got a role with the Titans and has had for some time, and he's going to have to make a decision on Justin Holbrook and whether or not he's the right guy going forward. If you're Justin Holbrook, would you want to stay there and just ruin your coaching legacy? Like, What's he got to gain? I'm just... Uh, we talked about what are some of the reasons uh, for the performance last night. So Jared Wallace, yep. starting front rower, runs for 28 metres. Yeah. Three runs. 
he had in the entire game. Sam McIntyre, starting second rower, runs for nine metres, one run in the entire game. Just the, the, there's individuals in the team who aren't pulling their weight. And you look at guys like Tino and you go, you poor bugger. Mm. We, we know how good he is, but he's just carrying that team on his shoulders. That, that side was making 2022 Anthony Milford look like 2014 Anthony oh, Milford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was interesting. So after the, uh, we got back from the movies, I looked at the highlights and I was watching, you know, the KO minis. She had a busy night. Yeah, I was up to about 1am trying to do my research before the show. Um, and uh, and I said, oh, Holbrook's got to go. And my girlfriend said, oh, you never really hear about Holbrook. Like, why, why don't we hear about him on the news? I said, look, it's because they're on the Gold Coast. And honestly, people here don't really care. And I thought, if people don't care about the Gold Coast Titans and we don't talk about them, do we... Like, how invested are we in having a team on the Gold Coast? Like, that's, if, that's the, if that's the real reason why nobody really talks about the Titans and Holbrook, it's similar in then the why NFL, they, right? Why are they why there? Are they that's there? what you're saying. Why are they there? Mm. Um, if, if he was at a Sydney club, he would have been gone a month ago. But I, ha- I, I even haven't really thought about it until now because I just don't care about the Titans. You mentioned Jared Wallace, so sent off late in the game. Grade two dangerous throw, so he's going to be gone for... Two weeks if he pleads uh, an early guilty plea there or three weeks if he contests and is unsuccessful. So they'll be missing him for the next couple of weeks. They're now on a six-game losing streak. The Titans will be hoping he gets three weeks just quietly. (laughs) (laughs) They've got the bye next week. And then, I mean, regardless of of who they're going to run up against, it's going to be the tough run home. But isn't it fascinating And how, like this time, what, a month or so ago, the Bulldogs were anchored to the bottom. They made their choice and brought Mick Potter in, and things have definitely clearly improved. Now, they're climbing up. So if you're the Titans, are you looking at that saying, well, we made the Bulldogs made a move on Barrett. They brought in somebody like Mick Potter. It got us off the bottom of the ladder, at least, and now we're starting to turn things around. Do you reckon the Titans look at the similar kind of scenario, or do they try and see out the season with Holbrook? Well, if, if, if they sack Holbrook, and I'm a prospective Titans coach long-term, do you... Is there anything to gain by coming in now? Like, like you mm. could you could potentially give it to someone who's already there, like a Jim Dimmick, and give him a go, and then you can suck it and see and say, well, if he has some success, he can stay on in the role. But yeah. I just there are underlying issues there. I mean, they're paying in excess of a million dollars for David Fafita, which history would suggest that was not a prudent call. Wild. They had Jamal Fogarty in there as halfback, got rid of him, yeah. and are now paying for Kieran foreign in his mid-30s. It's madness, isn't it? It's, what is going on up there? I, I look at the Titans and go, okay, wh- where did things go wrong for the Titans in the past three, four years? Well, they put all their eggs Jared in one Hayden. basket. With a, <laughs> they put all their eggs in one basket with a young halfback called Ashley Taylor and yep. said, this is our man. Let's build our team around this guy and he's going to take us to the promised land. Didn't work out. So Ash Taylor leaves and they go, all right, we've got an experienced halfback in Jamal Fogarty. Uh, we're, we're trucking along all right. Okay, what do we do? Let's bring in Toby Sexton, put all our eggs in one basket with this young halfback and go again. Like, seriously, that's the definition of madness. They haven't learned their lesson. I was at a function not long ago and I was sitting next to Graham Annesley and um, it was a, an interesting chat. I said, of all the jobs you've, you've had, Graham, which one was the worst? And I said, you've been a referee, a referee's boss. You've been boss of the Titans. You're, the, um, you know, you're now in head office. You've been a politician. And we're going back to his time at the Titans. I said, Jared Hayne, if you had your time again, mm-hmm. do you do it? Would you do it? And he said yes. And and I look at that and I think that that's that's 
the, almost the beginning of the end. Yeah. I reckon because if you remember, Neil Henry had that team right, humming and then he came into the squad and for all he, – he won a couple of games for them single-handedly, but for everything that he, he brought on the field, he brought a circus off the field, he divided the playing group – and it got to a point where Neil Henry said, it's either me or him, one of us has got to go. And they said, no dramas, there's the door. They decided to keep Jared Hayne. In the end, they, they were both gone not long afterwards and, and that was the beginning of the descent. Mm. Where's Neil Henry now? No, he's um, doing a bit of work. He's trying to um, help start up a coaches association, oh, nice. um, of which Mal Meninga, um, ironically, is uh, is the chair of. Yeah. So they were going to get some funding and sponsorship and get that going and it's, uh, it's quite the time to do it, given we've had three sackings already, and I dare say by the end of the year, there'll be at least one or two more. Well, Nathan Brown will be putting his hand up for that kind of role because that's what he spoke about when he left the Warriors yeah, there, wanting, wanting to try and help keep coaches in the job because it's a brutal game. Last night, Bluebet Stadium, Panthers 26 over the Roosters, 18. So Penrith led 14-6 at half time, and the Roosters had a crack last night. So on, on that side of the ledger, Trent Robinson was happy. But let's have a listen to Trent Robinson after the game because he was not happy with the referee. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just a horrible decision. You know, that, we shouldn't let a try in on the end of it. That's not the... But, I mean, there were so many poor decisions tonight. We had same referee last game and it was like 30-odd offsides, you know, and it was a 3-1 penalty count. And it was like, well, this is normal. And then, you know, every opportunity, it was, you know, Sammy Beryl's one, um, give them opportunities. And then the, the offsides on the try line, it was just give, keep giving them opportunity. That was, the, that was the field position. You know, the offsides on both sides, you know, you can call Yo, you can call Cleary constantly. But if you don't, if you don't um, penalise, then... You know, you end up with 28% possession. You know, if it was just, it wasn't a good enough performance tonight. You know, the Nat Butcher one at the end there, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're big decisions that, you know, you can't get wrong. Um, and it wasn't good enough. So they're 10th place now, the Roosters. It's the first time since 2016 they've lost four straight games. And wow. Robinson doesn't mind um, speaking out if he doesn't think that the referee's going his way. What did you make of those comments? I think he sailed close to the wind in terms of a fine, but but probably just pulled up short. Um, I can understand his frustration, but it just it's it's that sort of losing bleeding coach thing, isn't it? Like it's just yeah. it's not effective. Like like you, you ha- if you've got a complaint, it's just seems to sink in more when you've actually had a win. Or, you know, I know a couple of things went against him, but his team shouldn't be in this position. I like many people tip them to to run first to win the whole thing and. They're now in danger of missing out on the eight altogether. Mm. I thought they looked good last night, though. Radley Buck makes a huge difference yep. to that team. And the name that gets everyone upset when you say it, Matt Lodge will make a big difference to that squad. Mm. They, mi- they miss a bit up front. They haven't had Hargraves there. If they bring in Hargraves and Matt Lodge at the same time, that's quite a different-looking forward pack, quite an intimidating forward pack in comparison to what it's been in recent weeks. And what about Joey Manu? He oh, is a guy who, who could be the top three player in three positions. So yep. the previous week, he runs for 400 metres at fullback in a Crazy. test match against Tonga. He's the best centre in the world, and then he plays 5'8", and, and he, he's almost the best player on the field last night. Where are we at with pronunciations, by the way? Because I heard last night Joseph Suwali's name pronounced Joseph Suwali'i. 
Oh, God. I heard that for the, I heard that for the first time yeah. as well. Yeah. Brace, James Bracey did it in the Channel 9 cross. Yeah. In, in the uh, news. Well, he's pretty well researched. Yeah, yeah, no. Brace, be on the ball. Brace would be all over yeah. it. Yeah. So I went, hang on a second. Are we, so are we at Suali'i now? Same as, uh, I guess, Papali'i. Papali'i. Is Suali'i's background Samoan, like Papali'i? Well, well Papali'i's got the, um, got yes. the little the comma. Yeah, yeah what, okay. what do you call it? Yeah. Yeah, no, so he is eligible for Samoa. Samoa um, could have a good squad, so they could they? Oh, wow. they could be. You, yeah. If you put him in a, you know, three or four Panthers into that side, that is some team. So if here's one for the Australian squad. If Tupu declares for Tonga, if Toto dis- declares for Samoa, Suwali could come into that Australian squad. If they pick a 30-man squad... He's 18 years old. Oh, Isn't it amazing? Oh. Like, like he, and he wouldn't look out of place either. You could have a, a wing combination. I mean, the Queensland wingers haven't been bad. I'd probably potentially have Valentine Holmes on one wing and uh, Addo Carr on another wing. But uh, can you pick Cobbo based off his form in, in origin? I'm not sure. I think Suwali'i. Yeah. Could come into that Australian squad. Isn't it scary that like his best position is fullback, and he'll eventually really? end up yeah. there? That the, the Roosters have got Tedesco, Swaili, yeah, <laughs> and, and Manu that could would all be starting fullbacks in just about every other side. Yeah, okay, right. So if if there is the apostrophe there, but I don't think there is an apostrophe on Swaili. I want to find that. Okay, just just have a look while I'm while I'm doing the research because we've got there all isn't. sorts of stuff going on. There isn't, but if there is, then there should be a pause. <laughs> In the, in the pronunciation. There isn't, so, but there's a double I. I'll tell you what, I'm going to text James Bracey. I'll text yeah, Brace yeah, yeah. and see if I can get to the bottom of it because uh, it was the He'll first know. time I heard it last night. It's 21 minutes after 12 right here on the SEN Network. You're listening to Crunch Time thanks to 7-Eleven. After the break, we'll look back at Friday night footy. What is going on at the back end of the games for the Manly Seagulls? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. if you'd like to join us on the phone or you can text 0457 736 736. Maybe because I'm stuck. I can't come up with a name. I, can't, I, I can picture myself in a fighter jet, but I can't picture myself radioing ahead with a, with a funky name outside of Whitey. <laughs> Have you or, ever been in a fighter jet? Not a fighter jet. I've done the roulettes. I've done the aerial, the acrobatics. Was that like the Red Bull fighter planes? Yeah, well, the roulettes are the um, uh, are the acrobatic yeah, guys yeah, that yeah, go yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. We well, did that over I've, the Gold Coast. I've done a hot lap uh, around Bathurst and at Homebush, yeah. and that's enough G-forces for me. I don't want to, I don't want to get into a You would have done that, wouldn't you, Manny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I've... Uh, we, we did the roulettes above the Gold Coast ahead of the Indy cars one year, and there was an yeah. Indy car driver. So there's six planes. Yeah. And I was in the lead plane, and there was a, a, one of the drivers, Roberto Moreno, was in one of the other planes behind us. And they did the first barrel roll, mm. right? We're out over the water, and he did, they did the first barrel roll, those two planes on the edges. He said, and this is a, 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 an IndyCar driver who's used to G-forces. Yeah. He said, I'm out. Let's go <laughs> back. And I thought, holy crap, if he's saying that, we haven't started yet. We haven't even started. So How did you find it? I found it awesome yeah, because okay. I couldn't stop laughing. And I think that helped me because they said to me, just try and get your, your abs going as much as you can. Yeah. And I could not stop laughing how much fun it was. Wow. And I reckon that's what helped me. So I got one up on, a, wow. on an international race car driver. I, yeah. I, was in that, uh, I was doing a hot lap here at Homebush with Grant Denyer not long after he had his accident. So I'm not sure which one of us was more nervous. Yeah. <laughs> as, as somebody who went around to Denyer's place after that accident and saw the, uh, the situation he was in, God knows how you got out. <laughs> <laughs> and the tablets that he had to take to get through the day. We will take a break. Come back and join us on the other side.
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.